0: This episode contains spoilers. Please listen responsibly. Hello, everyone. My name is Jason Ramirez, and welcome to episode three of The Hit List, a podcast where me and a guest cross off films from our watch list by watching them. I am joined today by martial artist, stunt performer, and friend, Tariq Mansour. Welcome, Tariq. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. It's great to be here in my sitting room.
1: Did I say your last name right? How do you pronounce it? Monsieur. It's close, yeah, that's, that's about right. It has All a little right. bit, of, it has a little more of a French uh, swing to it than it really is. Okay. It, it's, uh, an Arab, it's an Arabic name, so it's, it's like you have to roll the R at the end.
0: Monsieur. 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 Yeah, pretty much. Okay. That's good, that's good. All right, so Tarek, uh, what are your viewing habits when it comes
1: to streaming services? uh viewing habits well i mean i guess i mostly get my entertainment off streaming services rarely do i actually watch um regular t- uh, i guess satellite tv or cable tv which i have as well um so yeah i would say i watch it regularly every day um generally i guess i'm more of a series guy but every now and again i shall uh, go through usually uh I guess the older movies on streaming services, like things that I may have never seen before or like maybe someone recommended five years ago and I just haven't gotten around to watching it. So every now and again I'll find something like that on, you know, one of the streaming services that I have and it's good stuff. Good times.
0: Good times, good times. Yeah, I I kinda go through the same thing. Like lately I just will watch like a lot of series instead of movies because I find it easier to go through. So it's not like a two hour movie at once. It's just like twenty minute episodes each time, you know what I mean? That's exactly it. All right, so, we're doing a little, something a little different today. Tarek suggested that we watch two movies from my list, and do you mind explaining your reasoning behind that for us, Tarek?
1: Uh, well, I guess I couldn't, because of the, I guess, how I find movies. So generally, I guess I don't watch too many movies. The movies I watch are either they're recommended or there's big hype around them. I mean, I do watch, I guess, the Marvel movies pretty regularly and I will go to the cinema to see them. But as far as just regular movies, I I feel like there is a lot um, so I, I kind of just wait for my friend groups and society to filter them out and then make their way to me. So I didn't have any great movies that I could think of on my list and the movies that I, I guess I had seen recently. I didn't love any of them. So yeah, I figured why not go off your list this is So uh, more your role.
0: <laughs> yeah. That way I can get two movies on my, off my list just for one episode, you know? Exactly. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. The two films we were discussing today are Annihilation, directed by Alex Garland, and Overlord, directed by Julius Avery. All right, Jason.
1: um, Why was Annihilation on your list?
0: So this movie came out two years ago, back in 2018, and there was a lot of hype for it. Like, I'm a huge Instagram user. Like, I use it every single day. And when I, I mostly use the stories nowadays. I don't really go through posts anymore. And around that time, two years ago, there were so many ads for Annihilation, that I refused to watch it because there are so many ads just for Instagram, you know. And there was also like a lot of hype for it, on, uh, like almost every social media app or website I use. So like it, it was especially recommended on Reddit. And even though I'm a unfortunate user of Reddit, I kind of gave in. I had to like put it on my list, but I just didn't want to see it just yet because you know I didn't want to pay for it. But now it's free on Hulu, so that's why it's on my. That's why it was on my list.
1: Okay, so. I guess,
0: what did you think about it? I could have lived my life without seeing it. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. There was a, re- I actually read some of the, the reviews on Wikipedia, because they, they compiled like a general consensus on Wikipedia. There was one reviewer that said, it bordered on the line of pretentiousness and uh, u- uniqueness, you know? Cause it was like, it, it, it was more pretentious than it could have been, you know? And right. it, it didn't feel like it needed to be like that because it wasn't anything special.
1: Now, when you say pretentious, you mean kind of like an art house movie?
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, sometimes I, there are some art house movies I do like. I can't think of some at the moment, but I do think of examples. Like, the first thing that comes to mind is Samurai Jack. There's this one episode where, like, Samurai, the Samurai Jack, he was, like, he had to, like, disguise himself, like, in white. And the, the ninja that he was fighting had to um, dress up in black. And it was, like, light versus shadow episode. Right. That was like, very yeah. unique. Yeah. yeah, so, like, those type of films I can get because it's, like, art house. It's, like straight to the point i guess i don't care too much for nuance yeah <laughs> so
1: okay i don't so i i agree with you there and i don't i don't know if that's what they were trying to go for I, like i don't think they were trying to go for that our house type of movie you know i watched the movie didn't like it uh, i mean i i didn't think it was
0: horrible
1: but it definitely wasn't good so i lo- i re- looked into more um, ended up reading a summary of the book and i saw that they cut out so much like so much that was in the book and you know generally when they make movie adaptations of books you have to cut a lot out or find creative ways of working it in and i think they were trying to do that here but once i read the summary a lot more of the movie started making sense but i i understood that you know i I can't remember what the runtime of the movie was was it two hours or like
0: two hours or so
1: okay well, you know, Lord of the Rings, good example, right? Like you, they had a director's cut was, I think, just over three for all, each of them. And you still missed out a lot of stuff that was in the book. So to have a movie based off of a book that is that is, I guess, maybe less than three hours or that, you know, generally, I feel like movies make better series for this reason, right? You can get more in depth into the story. Sorry, movies, uh, books make better series because of that. So, yeah, I, I think they just knew they couldn't put in a lot. So they had to kind of keep things a little simple. And I guess, I guess maybe art housey and like, you know, things were kind of vague. But uh, yeah, it did not help the movie at all. It just, it just made things more confusing.
0: Yeah, and it felt like the only other art house sci-fi movie that I can think of is 2001, A Space Odyssey. Right. And even though I didn't really enjoy that one, I did see how it was very impactful towards like cinema as a whole. And right. that one I did enjoy at least a bit more, even though I fast forwarded for like a lot of the movie. But that one I understood more. I kind of got what they were going for. Right. This one I didn't really understand. Like, oh, it's like, oh, so they're an alien species that doesn't know what they want. So are they human essentially? Like, what?
1: Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did you read? Did you read about the other books or like just the series as a whole?
0: So I read the Wikipedia entry for, like, the, the book it was based on, but not the series, because I know it came from a series.
1: It's, it's interesting where they go with the story uh, in, in the book series. And, I mean, I, I won't go into it, but essentially, like, these are very in-depth storylines or at least they have to be for the book I, I didn't actually read the book obviously but for the book to be as popular as it is they must go into some really good depth and um, I don't see how they could base a sequel off of this any well, I guess any parts in the movie that stood out to you particularly as I don't know good or bad or just
0: notable so I the first thing I wrote on my notes because I wrote some notes for this yeah is that that was the, the beginning of the film where like she's teaching her class. That was the most engaged class I've ever seen um, that were discussing cells in general. Like, I first uh-huh. learned about cells when I was, like, in sixth grade, and right. we weren't even as engaged. Like, we were like, oh, that's interesting. We weren't, like, paying attention, taking notes, like, oh, yeah, yeah, sales come from sales, huh? Like, uh-huh. it was revolutionary when it came out, but, like, by then, it's like, oh, yeah, it's kind of obvious, because, like, you have to be alive to give away something that's alive. Right. Or be alive and come from something that's alive. You know, it's, like, obvious stuff that she was talking about. And she's talking about like mutations. Like, yeah, we we know this, but you, you kind of—I—I don't understand why it was there, because you had to like realize. Which you know that—that's
1: that, kind of related to Overlord. Now that I think about it, that's kind of foreshadowing. Really. Also, you know, the cells—live cells, dead cells, living people, dead people. But
0: anyways, I, I think you're—I think you're overreaching.
1: No, 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 no. <laughs> this is a good foreshadow.
0: But please continue. Yeah. So. It, it was just like the most engaged class I've seen where they were discussing cells. And the other thing i noticed that there were a lot of uh, celebrities in this movie. that I didn't even know was going to be in there. Oscar Isaac, I can't expect because he's been in a lot of independent movies before he was in Star Wars. Right. Like for one, The one I can think of is Ex Machina. And I think he was also in Sucker Punch as well. But that's considered a big studio for the movie.
1: Yeah. And I like Sucker Punch more than I like this movie.
0: Yeah. I wish I saw Sucker Punch earlier too. So, like, I saw it, like, two months ago. I really wish uh-huh. I saw it sooner. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I thought it was going to be stupid when I first, like, saw the trailer back when I was in high school. But I saw, it, like, oh, this is actually, like, pretty good. Like, yeah. people give Zack Snyder some shit. Right.
1: Well, so, and that's the thing. Zack Snyder does very good, I feel like, at those more artsy movies. Uh, and, you know, when I say artsy, I mean, like, I guess not traditional in the sense that maybe they rely heavily on... on what do you call it like the coloring of the movie or heavily on music, which like sucker punch i didn't think I didn't think that was a great graphic novel movie or but I've never actually read the graphic novel, but I thought it was like it, it was art housey in a good way uh, in that you know it was kind of strange and the world's kind of all melded together. you didn't know what was real, what wasn't um, yeah but annihilation was not that movie.
0: so one other thing that I did like about the movie. Actually, I don't think I liked anything about the movie except for like the set design and the art. Yeah. The concept art, I guess. Not concept art, but like the way they did the creatures and like the living things. So yeah. like the the plants you see on the the plant tumors, uh, fungi, whatever you see all over the, the forest. I wonder how they did it. Did they actually like go ahead and do put them in there like each piece by piece or did they do it in post? Because to me, it looked like it was just like plant graffiti. Like every time you saw it, it's just like it's so out of place. You kind of think it's graffiti, but it's not. It's just, they're just plants that are abnormal. So that's the one thing I really like, the plant graffiti. That's what I like to call it. And also the animals that are there. The crocodile that yeah. came out of nowhere and the bear. That bear scene was actually very scary because, like, yeah. they couldn't do anything at all. They were tied to their chairs. They couldn't do anything. Uh, I thought I,
1: – I definitely – I like the bear scene. I thought it was, I guess, more disturbing than scary when it started screaming like uh... – <laughs> like the professor or was she doctor the doctor that they did the, she that i think the bear ate the doctor in the group right
0: uh or well, one, one of them one of the, one of the one of scientists one of the scientists yeah. i guess ate one of the scientists and it died but you're right and, yeah yeah i do remember that that was very good
1: but i i will say like the acting in this movie was was very good so for maybe not much of a plot or a script whoever casted it did a very good job bringing like you know like natalie portman who I feel like it's great and everything who else uh gina rodriguez tessa thompson uh for jason lee jennifer jason lee uh tuva Novotny, me which uh, minus gina davis sorry i uh, gina davis gina, gina rodriguez and tessa thompson um i guess i've seen more of them of late uh jason jennifer jason lee i've seen a bunch of her movies but uh tuva i didn't really see her in anything before but I think they are all great. And a movie like this needed, I guess that strong <laughs> acting talent to take on such a horrible
0: horrible script. <laughs> That's make it come. bearable what I can only imagine was a great movie. I sorry, a great book. The other thing I liked or like the thing I found like disturbing that was also interesting was how like they found like the essentially like the videotapes or whatever like on the SD card. Right. And how they cut up the soldier to find that there's something living inside of him. And right. that was, like, very disturbing because, like, I'm not used to that type of stuff. Like, I, I avoid it because I don't want to see it. But, like, I was seeing it, I was like, yo, what the hell? Because yeah. it had, like, alien movie type of vibe to it. Right. And then eventually, like, this um, Gina said, no, 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 that didn't happen. That's not real. And then they go down into the pool and they find out what happened. And, like, it's a like huge shrine that, like, resulted from his body exploding right. from the organism that was inside of him.
1: Yeah. That was very cool. Visually... Uh, that was very good. The CGI in this movie was really good, too. Like, everything from the animals, the plant life, to the explosive shrine. Very interesting.
0: Yeah, it's, like, an interesting concept. Like, the moment where, like, I got interested is when Tessa Thompson, like, figured out what the shimmer was. She said the shimmer is a prism. But it refracts everything. I'm yeah. like, oh, oh, it makes sense now. So, I didn't. I didn't get what it – so, when they said
1: it refracts DNA, I didn't get that.
0: So, I, what I think from it, I have very limited understanding of science, so I may get this wrong. So, you have to, like, fact check for yourself. I think what it means, like, it just scrambles everything. That's what that's she means not. by Because, ref- like, reflecting is, like, a mirror image. Refracting is something else. I think it's the opposite yeah. of it. So, I think that's what it does to DNA is that it, like, scrambles up your DNA to create something else. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that...
1: I, I guess I wanted to look more into because I'm like, okay, I can I get it refracting light and refracting energy, but DNA? I didn't know if I guess maybe it was on a, manic- a molecular level that that was happening on, but I don't know. It just seemed like one of those like lazy science things, but I, I didn't know enough of the science to back that up.
0: I say, I think they went more for like the metaphysical aspect of it. They went more philosophically with it than scientifically because there's like. Hey, we're a science fiction uh, movie, so we might as well play up the fiction part as much as we can by trying to explain it with like some weird science. Right.
1: Yeah, I thought that was very interesting. But yeah, I, you know, cool.
0: Definitely. Um, yeah, definitely good. I, I enjoyed that. So I guess our consensus, like both of our, we both agree that like it's a very well produced film. The visuals are stunning. The actors are very um, acted very well in this movie. Yeah, the story was unbearable. Um. Yes. Yeah. It
1: definitely was. It like. uh, Oh, something I wrote here. It gave me Silent Hill vibes with the bear scene. Um. When they were all tied up. Yeah. I thought that was worth mentioning because this movie did give me kind of like it was. uh, I'm assuming you've seen Silent Hill. Not yet. Uh, Okay. That's that's like I I thought that was like a good creepy movie, especially based off a creepy game. Generally, I feel like movie adaptations of video games are done poorly. Definitely, but but yeah, Silent Hill kind of was like this, but better as far as that creepy vibe. Um, and the last thing I made it, I, I was noting was that for a movie with five female leads, I don't think it passed the Bechdel test, which I, I felt like that was notable. I don't know. Do you know the rules of the Bechdel test?
0: Yeah, I do know. I do know. Okay. But just real quick, I'll just say, so Bechtel Test is, like, this test made by a, a woman writer who wrote a comic book, and essentially three roles are SF. The movie has to pass the Bechtel Test if it has at least two women. They have to talk to each other, and the third one is that like, they have to talk to each other about something else besides a man. And I think there is one scene I can think of is when um, the one doctor who died and Natalie Portman's character, uh, we're, I'm very poor of like, names, remembering names, if it's a, right. like, a, a memorable movie for me. Right. right and, like, right. when they're on a rowboat, um, she's talking about the other um, Tessa Thompson character. She said, you know, the know, reason why she has um, long sleeves is because she cuts herself. That's, like, the only part you think of, honestly.
1: Oh, uh, okay. Oh, so maybe it did. Okay, I think I thought the Bechdel test rules were a little more strict. I thought I thought it was the plot had to be about something other than a man,
0: but... Um, no, it's, it's just, like, a very small thing because when you think about it, a lot of movies do not pass the Bechdel test. Like, they're great movies in their own right, but, like, for one um it usually has just like one woman right like it'll have two women but they don't talk to each other or like they'll talk to each other but it always involves a man so like a lot of movies go through that um and you don't even realize it i think i can think rush hour that's one like i love that movie but like there's only one female character in there and she only talks to like lead guys
1: right and when i learned about the bechdel test realizing how many i was like oh i'm sure there's a ton of movies that will pass it." it it's one of those sad things about, uh-huh. like, I mean, not sad. It's good that, I guess, we have this new lens, right? Like, Hollywood had been, has been very bad about re- representation for such a long time. So it's good that we have tests like these and indicators, but it's the sad thing is going back and watching your favorite movies and realizing how, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm.
0: How, how they've different patriarchy.
1: Exactly. How bad. Exactly. Uh, and may- maybe it is still mildly entertaining, some comedic value. But then you also just see how lazy people were just pretty much representing uh, or reproducing the same shit over and over
0: again. And that's actually something that um, I have like, talked about with one of my professors, one of my rhetoric professors at UMD. She said like, once you learn about these things, you can't unsee it. So like, even though you want to enjoy a movie, you're like, oh, but that's a little misogynistic. Oh, that's a little patriarchal. Like, oh, that's a little racist. Right, like sometimes it's not that racist, but it's like still like racist undertones. So it's like you can't enjoy the movies anymore because of like all those things you learn. And it's like a double whammy for both of us because you're a stunt performer and I'm a filmmaker. So like whenever I see a fight scene, like I know it just doesn't have the same impact on me anymore because I know how it's made. You know. Right. So like regular fighting movies, uh, martial arts action movies, I can't enjoy them as much anymore, which is kind of sad. But also like, eh, I yeah, I deal with it.
1: No, I, I agree. I, I felt the exact same way. <laughs> After, you know, studying some stunt and going back and watching Taken, which I was always like, oh, that's such a, that's like great fight scenes. And then I just see, it's just, you know, one strike cut to another angle, second strike cut to another angle. So the guy just has to move that one strike at a time. <laughs> and, uh, this is actually pretty horrible, which, but then you appreciate like John Wick. So. I, I will say, I think it's interesting. I think the budget for this movie was point. Oh, sorry, it was it said forty to fifty five million dollars. Box office only brought in forty three point one million dollars. Wow! Yeah, more than I thought. So they, I think they got closer for such a bad movie. Yeah, I, they got closer than I thought.
0: Actually, like that's something interesting. Let me. I'm just gonna add a little bit more to that. Is that I was just watching something last night talking about Christopher Nolan, and it's also- amazing that The Prestige came out a year after Batman Begins, and that movie was made for forty million forty million dollars, and let me check real quick but the prestige is based on off his own IP, it was his own idea. But I'll double check right now since I'm right here. But based off Christopher Nolan? No, it it's uh No, never mind. So the prestige is based off a novel from t- 1995. So uh, like a year after Batman begins, Warner Brothers like greenlit a project friend to make an adaptation of the book, The Prestige, and that was made for 40, forty million dollars. Yeah, so the money that came back it, in the box office, they got over $109 million. And that's for $40 billion. That's a $40 million movie to make. And then like four years later, they made Inception. And the thing with Inception that's so unique is that Inception is, is his own IP. He's had the idea for like years by then. And they greenlit the project for $160 million. It was, and it wasn't based off like a book. It wasn't based off a movie. It didn't even have its own audience. And they spent $160 million on it. And it's, such, it's made such a cultural impact. It made over eight hundred and twenty-nine million dollars in the box office. Wow! So rising, it was a great movie. Yeah, so I I just had to bring it back because like the forty million dollar uh, budget just brought back the the what I just saw last night where Christopher Nolan made the Prestige for forty million dollars. Right. And they gave him four times the budget six years later, four four years later to make Inception and it succeeded wildly. It was like a very huge success. Very huge, very happy with it. And now a word from our sponsors. Now back to the show.
1: So Jason, why was Overlord on your list?
0: So I heard about Overlord on Reddit. I, you can see I spend a lot of time on Reddit, unfortunately. And it, the basic concept was, um, I think it said JJ Abrams was like helping to produce a movie about Nazi zombies. Oh, wait, this, was this one of his movies? Was he a producer? Uh, let me check. But, like, I saw someone's name on there. Uh, yeah. Let me yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was produced by J.J. Abrams through his Bad Robot Productions banner. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, I saw that, and I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm not that big of a fan of J.J. J. Abrams, but I do like zombie movies, and it's Nazi zombies. So, you feel even better about killing the zombies because they're Nazis, you know? Yes. So I, I saw it on Reddit, like, um, and then I, w- I went to, I meant to see it in theaters, but I, ju- I just didn't, I didn't get around to do it because I was around the same time I transferred to UMD, so I was very busy, like, so that's why I was on my list. Right on. Yeah,
1: you know, it's funny, I was thinking about it as I was watching it, because World War II movies are very unique in the sense that, like, you know, I guess whether you're a pacifist or um, whatever your belief on violence is, right? There's something very uniquely pleasurable about watching a Nazi get the shit kicked out of him. Just because (laughs) like in culture, in history, they're just such like a all around great bad guy, right? Like these are people, like, you know, I guess there are some stories that you hear, some wars where you hear both sides and you kind of are like, oh, well, you know, it's, it's, told us, it's told to us uh, in this way because of where we grow up, but there's like a, a plausible side coming from the other end, right? And I, I'm not going to mention any specific wars or anything like that, but I guess there, <laughs> there is some uh, of that in history, whereas this one is just like, you know, Nazis were bad guys. They were so, so bad. So it is great uh, just to watch them grow up.
0: So, I also took some notes with this, and I also sell it in the dark. So, like, when I was writing it, it's, like, I'm writing with, like, the muscle memory of, like, how to do this letter. So, it's kind of, like, scramble it all over. Cool. But the one thing that – how do I say this? I was just talking about this with James last night after we recorded the episode. I'm not that big of a fan of World War II movies because there's just so many of them, and a lot of yeah. them just follow the same tropes anyway. And they, they also, like, fall flat whenever you compare it to Saving Private Ryan. So right, which usually isn't, like, a good... It isn't, like, um... It isn't fair to the movie. Like, yeah, how can you compete with Saving Private Ryan? But also, like, you use the same tropes and you try to come out in the same way.
1: You ever see Band of Brothers?
0: Is that the show? Yeah. So, I, yeah, I bought the DVD case. I bought, like, the, the whole series on DVD, like, on Black Friday a few years ago. I, I haven't gone around to watching it yet.
1: Yeah, it's heavy, but it's, it's very good. If you like Saving Private Ryan... You'll you like this movie. I think is that Tom Hanks as well. Actually,
0: did he produce and the Brothers*? I think Steven Spielberg helps produce it. Oh, uh, you're right,
1: you're right. Okay, I knew it was a big name. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, sorry. Continue. So you're not a big fan of World War II movies? Over saturation.
0: Yes. It has to be like a very unique thing for it to be like. So from something I like, so like Dunkirk. That was a very different movie. And I'm also a Christopher Nolan fan, so of course I'm going to like that one. But like the beginning of the movie, like there's like just like the typical soldier banter. Of the whole thing like it just um
1: are you talking about uh dunkirk or overlord
0: overlord yes
1: yeah, okay. yeah yeah no i agree yeah it was cool i like i like i like movies like that just getting right to the point you know so right before the drop into france was really cool
0: which actually i enjoyed that scene right there where, like they all fall to the ground and like it's ex- the the plane explodes and they're all falling and like the soldier that we follow let me see, let me find his name. I keep forgetting their names. Talk talking about Boyce. Yeah, Boyce. Yeah. So like when Boyce is like falling through the ground, he is so scared cuz like everything is happening all at the same time. Like planes are exploding, people are getting shot at, uh, everyone's falling and he can't like when he undoes his parachute, like when he pulls out his parachute, he falls into the water and when he pulls up to over up to get some air the parachutes covering him so like he's still like suffocating a little bit and like I kind of felt that like ooh, I wouldn't want to do that nope wouldn't want to do that that's why I'm not in the army yeah I noticed over I put some notes in there uh, that there was like eerie cinematography I don't remember which one it was specifically I think it was like in the beginning when he sees um I think it was a sergeant getting murdered right in front of him
1: yeah oh yo that guy it's funny when he came out speaking like that I, for some reason, saw Dave Chappelle for a second. I guess I, I, was, I wasn't paying attention to the movie at the time, but his voice, and I was like, I can't remember what this guy's name is. I see him in a bunch of things. I should know his name, but um, uh, yeah, I was like, if there was ever a Dave Chappelle movie, this is the guy that would play him. He sounded just like Dave Chappelle imitating a soldier. And I, I can't remember from which skit that was, but I know Dave Chappelle has talked a lot of this before. <laughs> uh, but yeah.
0: I would have liked the movie a lot more if Dave Chappelle was in it. Just like that one brief moment. Yeah, just he, that bit, right? Just that bit. Like, oh, Dave Chappelle. Like, oh, man, he's dead.
1: Dave Chappelle has been in a few movies, like in the 90s, that he was just like a random character. And going back and watching those movies, uh, it's just, it's always more entertaining knowing, you know, how funny he is. And he definitely just brings that Dave Chappelle energy to everything. But anyways, he's not... The one,
0: a- actually, the one 90s movie I can think of is Robin Hood, Men in Tights, yeah. the Mel Brooks movie. Because like when I first saw it, like I, I was just watching it one summer during high school, and I saw him there. I'm like, wait, a minute, Dave Chappelle's in this? Like, was yeah. he that? Was he like he's been had, he's had success since the '90s, since like early '90s. Well, so
1: he wasn't that big of a name then, too, because I think It's the, like
0: with Kevin Hart, because like Kevin Hart was in a lot of movies in the 2000s, but people didn't yeah. really know him.
1: Right, exactly. So, like, that was essentially Dave Chappelle right there. Right, exactly. He he was in, he played a cab driver. Like he was in You Got Mail. Uh, he was Tom Hanks. He was. Friend. Yeah, he was Tom Hanks' friend. In you got mail. He and oh. he was in this one movie called Two Hundred Cigarettes. He was in The Nutty Professor. I mean, you probably remember him in that, right? He was. I, I, I
0: haven't the seen Nutty Professor, but uh,
1: okay. Well, he was the comedian on stage who ends up getting who ends up making fun of Eddie Murphy's uh, fat professor character, and yeah. Anyways, it, it's it just funny to too. go back and see them. But you know, anyways, it's sad that Dave Chappelle was not in this movie, but. Uh, anyway well, i guess what are your general thoughts about the movie uh before going into it more like did you like it
0: uh it wasn't anything special like like i said with annihilation i could have done my whole life without needing to see it at least i had more fun watching it you know what i mean you had more fun watching annihilation i had more fun watching overlord over annihilation yeah yeah i agree actually the one there's like this one part that i wrote right here in the in my notes fucking snitch bitch with that whistle oh yeah yeah she was very annoying I was like people like oh man she she had to do it she had to do it like no you're saying that because you do the same thing you'd snitch you'd snitch
1: she was a 1940s karen yeah (laughs) like 100 like that's exactly what i thought and i I think i just watched a karen compilation of uh women in stores not wearing masks so when I when I started watching her, I was like, oh wow, this is she has that same Karen energy, blowing that whistle, blowing up her
0: spot. Um, it's, a, it's a generational thing, really. Like each Karen is more entitled than the one that came before. Yeah, it's uh, definitely snitch, snitch. Um, and
1: up until that point, that's the thing. So this movie, I thought it, was, I thought it started off good. I think all in all, I thought this was like a, I thought this was a good movie, like maybe on the, uh, maybe not excellent, and maybe not even very good, even though I think there were some elements about this movie that were very good, but after watching Annihilation, I guess my hopes were (laughs) lowered as far as, like, maybe how good movies, because I I hadn't heard of Annihilation or Overlord, and I feel like I'm a sci-fi fan, so I'll watch, I guess, maybe the bigger movies or some of the uh, more classic, uh, like, indie sci-fi movies, but I was like, you know what, this. I'm going this with low expectations. I do, I do like World War II movies. Um, not all of them, but I think a lot of them. It's just they're fun to watch as far as action movies. But I thought this movie started off strong. You know, like jumping out of a plane, making your way through a forest, uh, the the commander getting shot. You know, everything was was going very well. Um, yeah, and then it's just I, I felt like it kind of died. You know, you start off very strong, and then once they linked up with the French girl and made their way back into the town, I thought it was getting a little slow and a little dull. But then, you know, after a while, picking up with the, uh, you know, coming across these, I don't know, were they undead the zombies? They were, yeah, they were undead, right? Yeah, so they, they died and then came back through science. Through science, and they didn't really go into too much explanation as far as, they said that the tar running under the city. Oh, under Yeah, under France. It was like, but they didn't really go into like what what it was about it, right? Like, okay, no, I don't remember them. I remember them glossing over that part, but um, yeah. So this movie reminded me. So two games come to mind: Wolfenstein um, and Call of Duty World War II, right? And both of them, or Call of Duty World War II, you know, you obviously have the zombie uh, side game element. Um, and this is what the movie reminded me of, that and Wolfenstein, I guess it's about, it's during World War II as well, but it's more, I guess, just general monsters, but that kind of vibe, I, I can't remember seeing a World War II horror movie, I'm sure there are a whole bunch that I just haven't seen, but it reminded me of an adaptation of a video game, but an adaptation of a video game done well, which I feel like is, is rare.
0: Yeah, I can see regarding with that, like, I'm not too familiar with Wolfenstein. But I did see, like, the first 15 minutes of, like, the one that came out few years ago. And I had, like, the same vibe. So, like, when I saw it was going to be about Nazi zombies, I kind of expected, like, the same vibe from Wolfenstein. But, like, that's another thing about the movie. The reason why I didn't like it so much is because I expected more zombies out of the movie. But, like, there were only, like, what, 10 or 15 zombies. Yeah. That you saw. And they didn't even fight all of them. They just fought, like, one super strong zombie. They ran away from, like, two. And then, like, 15 showed up. And then they exploded. They, they blew up the building. And right. And they left. So like, yeah,
1: yeah there wasn't that like big Nazi uh, sorry that big like zombie scene that you see in a lot of movies where they have to kill a whole bunch in a short period
0: of time so I which I wanted to see but like because like I want to see them like kill a bunch of Nazi zombies but here's the thing like once I, once you like really look into it there's only one Nazi zombie
1: yeah there wasn't that like big like zombie fight scene right where you murder a whole bunch of zombies in a short period of time. And oh, I guess also the yeah, I guess there was that one Nazi soldier, but all the other dead people were presumed to be French villagers or something
0: like that. Yeah, I remember what I was saying now. So like there's only like one Nazi zombie and the rest were like experiments. They're all like the, the villagers who lived in the town. Right. So like they're experimented on. So like the, the French girl's aunt, she was a zombie and almost everyone they took prisoner experiments which is something that you expect from a nazi because like nazis experimented on right. their victims um prisoners a lot which is why we hate them so much
1: right exactly
0: uh, i don't know man <laughs>
1: I mean, no it's why it's why we hate it's why we hate nazis absolutely but you know america america ended up taking in a lot of those scientists
0: <laughs> yeah yeah war,
1: which which in i do like in this movie how homeboy said um Oh, you know, I guess, spoiler alert, uh, what's it called? Corporal Ford, uh, Wyatt Russell, you know, he dies at the end and he dies knowing that this technology or this science can't get into the hands of the U.S. either. Uh, He says something along the lines of, uh, our side shouldn't have it either. And then destroying it. And then later on, Boyce is asked if there was that, is there anything that was down there worth noting? He says no purely because you know
0: yeah because like if they found out about it they probably would have used it because that's something that you also learn um if you dive more deep into world war ii history because they don't teach you this in school like in public school is that the united states and like all the other allied nations they benefited heavily from the experiments that the germans conducted on their victims yeah as well as well as like the people in japan like the people in japan um yeah I, f- I forgot the name of like the pr- prison camp but like they heavily like experimented on them results that they found from those they were beneficial to the medical world because no one was willing to do those experiments but they were right so that's yeah so like when you think about it, it's like oh that's horrible like the reason why we're generally more healthy now we generally like don't do certain things because like the experiments that they conducted
1: yeah exactly yeah it was uh it's very interesting it's funny i i use that um analogy talking the nazi scientist analogy talking about a lot of these statues being pulled down now of confederate soldiers or like slave owners who did great things potentially for america (laughs) and the argument uh i was talking about this with a friend who is conservative and his argument was that like look like this is someone who obviously like they did bad things but you know given the time maybe they weren't as bad and should all the bad that should all the good that they do be forgotten because of the bad? And I was like, well, have you heard of Nazi scientists after world war two? <laughs> they came to America and they heavily benefited of it. Benefit. They, they highly advanced. Um, I think it was like rocket engineering and medical. And there was, uh, I'm, I don't know, other things. And I was like, well, how would you feel if they erected the statues of these Nazi scientists who like, maybe they you know whatever maybe they just worked for the third reich and not actual like participating members in these things but uh or maybe they didn't love what they were doing but still they did like a very horrible thing so yeah this is why we don't have any statues of nazi scientists in america yeah but hopefully hopefully would pull them out
0: down by now sorry for getting political. no 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 like, i said well I, this is exactly why we have these discussions because like the reason why I love films so much is because it's commentary on history. It's commentary on like the the human human social life. Right. So it like it helps you like reflect on like, oh, so like this is this is why we do this, or like this could be why we do this, as well as serving as like a huge um entertainment bonus. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So um the thing that I kind of got kind of saw it coming like when they tied up the Nazi commander and he kept asking him for like information about the tower, the communication tower. He's like, give me more information and then you punch him in the jaw. Give me information and then punch him in the jaw. And then like, I'm like, how do you expect him to give you the information if you keep punching him in the jaw? Like at this point, like you're just doing this for yourself, dude, come on. Like, and he keeps saying, he kept telling the soldiers like we have to do this by 6, 6 a.m., We have to do it at 6 a.m. And he keeps like punching the guy who's, who would give the information. He probably wouldn't have given the information anyway, but, like, it kind of defeats the purpose if you ask him for information and punch him in the jaw, right. you know, because eventually you could break the jaw. And then he comes back, and he, the Nazi, when he's, like, a reformed zombie or, like, he becomes a deformed zombie, yeah. he says, hey, remember how you beat me up? Right. Yeah, I'm going to do the same thing to you. I'm like, yep, it's all coming. Yeah, it's true.
1: I mean, yeah, it's funny, it, like it was definitely unnecessary what he was doing. He was having a good time, you know, beating up a Nazi, which I think we can all say would probably be a lot of fun, uh, <laughs> a Nazi punching bag. But uh, yeah, it, it is funny, the, the karma, uh, the, the ills of his ways came back to uh, screw him in the end.
0: So I actually going back to what you said about like boys not giving over the information to the Americans is um there's another movie i saw came out on netflix a few years ago as well this one i actually really like it's like a it's a it's a military science fiction film and there's like a whole science it's called spectral have you seen it uh no it's a very good movie it's like essentially like the, the army is, are fighting ghosts essentially but like every time the ghost passes through someone like if they like face for someone that person dies immediately oh, yeah. so like they don't know what's going on and in the nfl i like film, again, it's spoil like a little bit when they found out what's really causing it, there's like one of the women, the woman who works for the CIA, who's like with them, she's like, we can't destroy it. We can't destroy this because we could, um, because people work so hard for it. And he's like, yeah, exactly. We had to destroy it because people worked so hard on it. And like a lot of people died. And so they destroyed like the thing that was causing all these ghosts to happen. So, uh, I mean, that's just a little spoiler. And I can tell you what happened, who, what they were, whatever. That's what reminded me. Cause like around that same time, I watched, I watched it with my friend over a Netflix party. And she really liked it. And, like, that last scene, that, that really spoke out to her because, you know, like, a lot of countries are being torn apart because America likes to steal secrets on how they kill right. effectively.
1: Yeah. Well, you know a movie it reminded me of? Which one? Uh, Captain America, the First Avenger. Perhaps you've heard of it.
0: I, I, I may have heard of it. I may have heard of That's it. Very
1: similar vibes, man. Germans <laughs> scientists in America reproducing some things, you know.
0: It's a very common theme, and it, it must mean something.
1: I know. but What does it mean?
0: What does it mean? I don't know. We may never know.
1: Uh, I, w- I just want to point out real quick that this movie it made 41.7 million dollars in the box office, and it had a budget of 38 million. So I think all in all, it was a success. Not really. Well, I've I mean, seen- yeah, definitely not a success. But it, it looks like they broke even. I don't know. I thought I thought it was a very. I think if you liked zombie movies or uh, World War Two movies or some you know sci-fi World War Two movies, that this would be much more enjoyable uh, to you. So I think yeah. I think this this movie ha- could have a following. Probably it does. And it also got eighty-one percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which I don't know if Rotten Tomatoes... audience or critics. Uh, Let me look into it. it got. Audience score was sixty-seven. Credit score is eighty-one.
0: Hmm.
1: Or sorry, it says tomato meter. I don't know. That means. Certified fresh tomato. I guess so. It got sixty percent of Metacritic, and I guess I've been looking on Metacritic um, more recently just because I heard Rotten Tomatoes um, sucks as far yeah. as accurate movie. Um, I feel like
0: Metacritic is a more, I guess, more accurate. You can't really say it. Like, you can't really decide because but, like, Rotten Tomatoes is like not the best one to use, but it also kind of sucks because a lot of people base their opinion off of Rotten Tomatoes. To right. the point, like They even advertise on Rotten Tomatoes for movies like Certified Fresh on Rotten Tomatoes.
1: Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. Sellouts. <laughs> um But yeah, it was... And I, yeah, so I guess not a huge success, but especially if we're having a name like J.J. Abrams attached to it, I thought it was good. I thought it was... It, like, it reminds me a lot of Wolfenstein. Um, well, maybe not Wolfenstein, but the, the same vibe. Oh, um, yeah, well, just, like, a, the same vibes, right? But I agree. I think it could have definitely been better. I think... I, I guess... I don't know what kind of budget that is. Uh, you know, $41 million. Sorry, no, it was $38 million. I guess that was maybe a relatively small budget for um, everything that they had to accomplish. But I definitely could have done with a... Bigger zombie fighting scene, something where you know they're overwhelmed with zombies. You know, exactly. Yeah, that was definitely missing. Um, so that was a good point. And then, yeah, I guess that was it. I think all in all, I think I think it was so sixty percent from Metacritic. I I would probably give it like in the. I would say it was like a, it was a C plus movie. It,
0: definitely. I, well, I mean, for me, it'd be like a C, even. It's just a straight C. Just a straight C. Not yeah. not a C minus, that's a little too mean. Just a straight straight C movie. Yeah, I can see that. So do you think you should have seen Overlord sooner? I think I saw at the perfect time. I should have seen it. When I was planning out, or like I was like speculating whether I should like watch it in theaters, I wasn't sure. I'm glad I didn't because I would, probably would have been disappointed with the amount of money I spent. Like it's like sixteen dollars for like a ticket now. Right. Whereas for this, it's like oh like a five dollar subscription all in one with Spotify, Hulu, and Showtime yeah so i saw the during like the perfect time during quarantine i guess right because like overall i found it i found it to be a predictable movie and i expected more zombies given the premise of the film and it felt very it felt very light in that sense but overall i, I it was a fun movie so i guess in a way like i did have fun watching it so it's like a straight c for me straight c yeah,
1: I, I would say, you know what, it's on the C plus B minus uh, range for me. I think I enjoy, like I said, zombie movies. I enjoy World War II movies. Um, it's always fun to watch people beat up on zombies. Uh, sorry, on uh, Nazis and zombies. Um, I do like how they had a, you know, just for diversity's sake, they had a, uh, a black lead in the movie. Um, you know, maybe not the best, but definitely, definitely better than not having any. Um, But yeah, so yeah, I would say C plus B minus, but I agree. It definitely could have been better, and I'm definitely glad I didn't pay money to go watch it. It (laughs) it comes with a subscription. So I'm not mad. So I was mad at you for making me watch Annihilation, I'm not gonna lie. Though I'm I, mad, at my, I
0: mad at myself for watching it, too. That okay, good. We're on the
1: same page there. Though I, I, I am considering reading the book, or at least just ordering it just to have, and, you know, in case I decide to pick it up, because the book seemed a lot more interesting based off what I read. And there's three in the series, so, yeah, I'm just hoping that they don't make any more. And it kind of makes me worried about the Dune movie that's coming out, um, just because, you know, another is sci-fi book based off of a, uh, a sci-fi movie based off of a classic book. So, um, yeah, um, now I'm worried. So, uh, fuck you for making me watch Annihilation but <laughs> Overlord, I will say that. I, w- I was pleased.
0: We reached the end of our discussion. Tarek, thank you so much for being here. So before we go- Thanks for asking, Jason. <laughs> before we go, uh, I want to ask you, were the movies a hit or a miss with you?
1: I would say Annihilation was a miss.
0: Yes. I agree. Uh
1: but I think Overlord, on the other hand, was a hit. Um, yeah. I love zombie movies, I love World War II movies. It was just a nice little marriage.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you there. Um Annihilation was a, a miss for me. I thought I thought it was gonna head towards the target for me, but it just didn't in the end. They having the first half, not gonna lie. And for Overlord that was a hit for me, but it was more like a a C hit. So like it, it got into the target bit towards like the outer ring. Right. Of the target. So I always use that analogy for some reason. Yeah, basically Overlord a hit, annihilation a miss. Agreed. Okay, so where can our listeners find you on social media, Tarek? Uh I
1: mean they can find me at uh Trolly Man. I'm not gonna spell that. But uh <laughs> <laughs> Um Uh yeah, they can find me there. I, you know, it's nothing special though.
0: And do you have anything else you want to promote? Uh, yeah, sure.
1: I'll promote uh Team Red Pro on Instagram. That's at Team Red Pro, just like it sounds, all one word. Uh, which are a bunch of cool local fight choreographer production people, and it's a fun site, site page account. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, I know what you're saying. And it also you. for everyone who doesn't know about Team Red Pro, they made a Samurai Champ Blue versus um. Afro Samurai family film yes,
1: that was awesome.
0: All right, so that's the and Mulan and Mulan that just came out. They made Mulan okay. They made a a remix of Mulan.
1: That's right, Gangster Mulan. It's really good.
0: Gangster Mulan. It's the only one that premiered this year. That's that's right, not on Disney Plus.
1: That's right, thirty bucks my ass. Anyways,
0: (laughs) all right, that's the episode, folks. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, cross off a new film from your list. Wear a mask. Thank you for listening to the Hitlist Podcast. If you like this episode, please consider giving us five stars and leaving a review. It really does help. You can also follow us on Facebook at the Hitlist Podcast and Instagram at the underscore hitlist underscore podcast.